Hey, before we start the show today, I wanted to let all our Rocket listeners know we are going to be at GDC next week. We have press access, so we are going to have amazing coverage of all the announcements, all the games, and a lot of other fun stuff. While I'm out there, my campaign is having a very small private event, so tickets are going to go fast. If you would like to say hello and you live near San Francisco, you can go to briannaparty.com and hope to see some of you there. Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Fracture and Smile. I'm Samantha Rochefort. I'm the video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined today by Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer at Wow at Advocate, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate at Microsoft. <laughs> ah, and guess what, folks? Brianna uh, is also here, Democratic candidate for Congress. Brianna Wu is also here. But what you're going to hear in a few minutes is me fading into the background as Brianna emerges to powerfully speak with Christina about uh, Senator Warren's proposal on Medium to break up such companies as Apple and uh, I'm totally blanking on the other one. Amazon. Amazon, Amazon Google. Google. Yes. Facebook. Um, on the the logic that they are selling on platforms that they control. So I think that the conversation that happens, would you describe it as spirited, Christina? It's a little spirited, but yeah, it, it's, 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 uh, we, uh, we, we agree on more areas than, than, uh, than we might have thought at the beginning. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a oh. good conversation. Juicy, juicy. Um, and then I will return to give everyone an in-depth review of Samsung's new phone, the new 10e. And then, of course, the moment that everyone has probably been waiting for, we will discuss the latest scam of 2019. <sighs> the rich people getting into college scams. Yes, uh, Aunt Becky going to uh, going to jail. Uh, I mean, she's <laughs> she's out on bond. But come on, like you, you guys gotta gotta tune in for that. We we already had we've already had a bunch of people on Twitter being like, "You can talk about this, right?" Oh God! Well, <laughs> We're like your obviously. wishes have come true. But now I, I oh no, I must make way for the segment. It's happening. Goodbye, Christina. I'll see you later. Bye, Simone. Goodbye. Okay, so first things first. Now, we usually don't get political on Rocket. Okay, that's kind of a lie. We we say that. But <laughs> <laughs> we say that and we try to aim for that. Uh, we try not to be a political podcast. But this is like one of the biggest stories in tech this week, and there's no way really to avoid talking about it. Um, Elizabeth Warren, who is a, a senator from a, a Bree's home state of Massachusetts and is uh, running for president, um, and is not related to me. I should point that out. Uh, <laughs> I've never even made that connection. Oh my god! No, and it's funny too because my my uh, my uh, sister's middle name is Elizabeth. So uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, you don't have that Indian heritage. So <laughs> well, God. So. Oh my God. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So she is. She is a. Uh, has made made a quite a stir because she's proposing splitting up the big 
tech giants. Um, uh, and, and in this case, she means um, Amazon, uh, Facebook, and Google. Although in an interview with The Verge after uh, during South by Southwest, she also mentioned Apple. Notably, and, and, and this is where I need to say my own biases here, um, she has not mentioned Microsoft, the company that I work for, uh, as a breakup target. However, she did in kind of her her letter about why she believes the big tech giant should be broken up, cited the Department of Justice, um, uh, you know, uh, I guess, case against Microsoft in the late 1990s as uh, why this, this is a good thing. Now, I have thoughts on this. And, and in general, I'm actually an Elizabeth Warren fan, but i I have I have issues with some of this specific um, line of thinking, but Bree, you as the as the candidate for, for Congress <laughs> in uh, uh, Warren's um, home state, yeah. I would really love to know your thoughts uh, on on what she's proposing. Which basically, just to give our readers some background, and Bree, uh, uh, look, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this, but she's basically proposing that companies, not just tech companies, but any companies, you know, that do uh, over a certain amount of money and revenue, um, in this case, $25 billion, uh, be prevented in some cases from from competing against each other, meaning that, um, you know, Amazon shouldn't be able to uh, sell Amazon uh, branded, um, you know, things like basics or, or compete against uh, people that are also selling on Amazon. Google should not be able to put its own products ahead of others, um, you know, with, with AdSense and whatnot um, in its search engine. Um, Facebook uh, should uh, not be able to promote its own uh, messaging products or own services um, over over competitors. Apple presumably should not be able to have its own um, products in the app store. So uh, basically they have to choose one, one or the other and, and be split into, into different, you know, distinct uh, companies. Um, so, so like, you know, the, the Amazon basics line of Amazon would be a separate company. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Google services would, would be separate from, from one another, presumably. And, and Facebook would have, I guess, its messenger products living in a different place than than the rest of it. Uh, what else? That's, am, that's the long right? and short of it. I mean, okay. there are three components of it. The first is a broader antitrust action against these companies getting even bigger than they are today. So, for instance, Facebook would be forced to sell off WhatsApp and Instagram. Uh, I hope you don't mind me saying I strongly support that. Uh, one of the things that makes Facebook so frustrating is when you don't have anywhere to go besides Twitter, uh, it kind of uh, enables them to do anything that they want. Um, you know, the second part of it is, uh, as you said, it's against, uh, like with the App Store example, they, this is a direct Elizabeth quote, either they should be allowed to, uh, you know, sell hardware or play in the store. They can't do both. Um, I'm very strongly against that, and we can talk about that. But that's those are the broad that's the broad overview of the whole thing. Um, you know, when we were playing this topic, Christina, it, it we were initially thinking we were going to really disagree. I don't know that we're going to though, um, because like when it comes to breaking up. Facebook and uh, Facebook from Instagram and kind of stopping these huge mergers. I mean, are you for that? Well, okay, I'm not necessarily for approving them, but at right. the point once it's been approved, I'm not necessarily on board the train that says now we have to break it up. I if, think if we're being fair. honest, yeah. if, if we're yeah. being honest, um, I, I feel like the time to 
have the oversight and to stop Facebook and you know from buying WhatsApp uh, is is uh, was was when Facebook bought WhatsApp. I feel like once it's already happened, I have a much bigger issue with it. Uh, I feel and, like, and I can see that. And you know, um, people that vote for Elizabeth Warren are a- also able to vote for me, or at least uh, they were in 20, uh, 2018 because she's not up this time. So I want to tell you, like, I'm on board with Elizabeth Warren's plan. I could absolutely compromise on that because I think there's a very strong argument for it. The thing I want to advocate for, as far as the consumer choice aspect of it, is making sure that we we stop this trend of there basically being you know five tech companies in the United States. I have an yeah. op-ed in the Boston Globe that comes out Friday or Monday, again, Elizabeth Warren's paper, where um, you know, I'm of the opinion that tech is best when we are forced to compete with each other. Uh, as I've traveled the world, I've seen how France has tried to replicate Silicon Valley. I've seen how Ireland has tried to replicate Silicon Valley. Israel has tried to rip, uh, you know, to do yeah. Silicon Valley. Russia has tried to do Silicon Valley. They've all failed. And I think part of that is because America, like before the Trump administration, was very willing to bring in talent from all around the world. And uh, you know, we just kind of have this very irreverent uh, approach to things. Uh, you know, we're not afraid to take on titans. What I worry about when you have just a few giant tech companies is that it's going to lower that pressure for us to compete and to really um, try to innovate. Um, yeah, we've seen this with Facebook, where uh, when a competitor comes along, they just buy them or steal their features or bully them out of business. So I'm very much for addressing that, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, and I, I'm not, again, like, I'm not in full disagreement, I guess, with the sentiment. I guess part of my pushback is a couple of things. One, I think that, that Ben Thompson of uh, uh, Stratacherry wrote a really good, in my opinion, kind of analysis of some of the um, uh, problems with, with Warren's proposal. Um, and, and, and I um, will have a link to that in the show notes. But I thought that that was a very rational um, kind of pushback on it that wasn't just kind of the knee jerk, um, you know, uh, Break uh him up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but also wasn't just kind of the knee jerk, like, uh, you know, Oh, you know, Elizabeth Warren is crazy because she's going after tech or this or that. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm with you in that. I believe that it was, it's good to not have the, you know, uh, power consolidated amongst, you know, Fang, uh, which is, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Uh, although a lot of people have also, again, and, and this is like my own self-interest here, inserted Microsoft into that. Um, and and certainly um, Microsoft, if, if this, to be very clear, if Warren's proposal were to go through, would absolutely be subject to this um, in, in uh, you know, whether she wants to mention the company or not. Uh, you know, I think that internally, a lot of us are, uh, this is, and I'm basically going what people have said on Twitter, not anything else, you know, are, are sort of relieved that we've like somehow like gotten under the radar. Um, but but make no mistake, you know, depending on on, on the day of the market cap or one of the, the uh, you know, I work for one of the world's uh, most valuable companies. And, um, you know, um, even though we might not be in um, have all of the kind of conflicts that some of the other, uh, you know, companies on this list have, it, we w- Microsoft would not be absolved from this. Uh, can, so can, I, and I realize you can't say a lot about your current employer. So I want to say this. Um, when I was researching my piece for the Boston Globe, I did research Microsoft very carefully, saying, okay, we had this action in the 90s. Is mm-hmm. there anything we would need to take today? I 
couldn't find an example of Microsoft doing something that I found anti-competitive. You look at Azure, there's a ton of competition in that space. The enterprise, there's a ton of competition in that space. For Microsoft Surface, there's a ton of competition in that space. For the Microsoft App Store, ton that you can get software from any number of other places. Uh, you know the stuff you're doing with liquid computing, tons of sure. competition in that space. So um, I I have to say, from my point of view, um, oh, and Microsoft Office, that's a huge right. uh, revenue maker for you. Again, tons of competition in that space. Actually, you guys charge for it, which is unusual. Right. So um, I I want to tell you, like as someone running for Congress, it's hard for me to look at something Microsoft was doing and say this is crossing a line and maybe I'm unaware of something no, but well, that and, was and, what and, I came to yeah and and look you know and again like for everybody listening I'm tr- I'm trying to be as you know fair about this as possible obviously this is my employer and and I'm uh going to be somewhat biased but even if though I I I agree with you and I I do think that one could make the argument that because of the the antitrust uh lawsuit um in in the 90s because of the Department of Justice suit which you know um ultimately did not end in the department's favor, but because of, of those concessions and concessions, I think more astutely that were have to be made, you know, for the European Union, um, you know, the company has definitely uh, treaded on on the side of of trying to be, um, you know, as like competitive as possible, you know, and, and, and to fight, you know, uh, you know, accusations of anti-competitive bias. Having said that, if something like this plan were to go through, even if what even if we say that okay, well, well, there's plenty of competition in this space. Based on the terms that Warren laid out, there are still areas where you can make the argument that companies that are doing things competitively would be impacted. For instance, you mentioned Surface, right? Well, based on what Warren is saying, because the company makes more than twenty five billion dollars a year in revenue, um, we would not be able to make an operating system and sell, um, a, you know, computers that run that operating system. And I wouldn't support that bill because the House would have to introduce that. Right, I would right. Very, very I, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying though is that once you, but this I guess kind of gets to the crux of my ultimate issue with with this as it stands now, is that you're kind of picking and choosing and saying this. Oh well, it's okay for this company to do it because we like them, but it's not okay for this company to do it because we don't like them. And and I'm not sure if you can legislate that way. Um, uh, reliably, you yeah, know, the like, government like, should not be picking winners and losers. I think, you know, the Justice Department can look at particular companies, precisely. Like they did Microsoft in the '90s and say this is wrong. And even as we're recording today, uh, Facebook is facing criminal, federal, extremely serious charges uh, about their sale of data. And 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 that I mean I believe is is obviously is, is terrible and is and is separate. I mean it's related, but it's separate from from what is being proposed. I would also point out, and I guess this is kind of what kind of bothers me a little bit about this proposal is, and I think this is where you and I might be disagree somewhat, is that, again, because like I said, I can understand the sentiment, but I, and I agree with you in theory that like, we don't want it just being five or six companies that are running things. I'm in full agreement with that. What bothers me somewhat is that this focus is on tech, whereas in other industries that do this and where this sort of thing has existed for years and where, frankly, the the direction on both sides of the aisle has been around deregulation um, since since the 80s, so, so really for the last 35 years, has been um, 
you know, to to go against this direction. Now, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some pushback, but I mean, case in point, and, and, and Neelai, to his credit, brought this up with her, and, and she said, obviously, she disagreed. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the Department of Justice brought, you know, um, a, a case up against, you know, AT&T and Time Warner. They lost. And yeah. that merger has been allowed to go through. To me, when you look at kind of like the media consolidation and some of those impacts, that is every bit as dangerous, if not more so, than some of the tech impacts. And so I, I, I wonder, I'm like, okay, we're targeting tech because that's where money is and because that's a populous, you know, popular kind of thing to go after. But if we look at telecom as a great example, if we look at media, if we look at um, even some some things in, in traditional, you know, commerce, brick and mortar things, um, those are industries, airlines even, you know, th- these are areas that are that are highly, you know, deregulated and, and consolidated uh, power amongst a few large players. And so part of me is kind of going, okay, what's the strategy here? Because, I'm not disagreeing that having competition um, for everyone is good and that it's bad for power to be consolidated amongst the few, especially when they might have the ability to, um, you know, really, uh, you know, impact, you know, things one way or another. But, like, this isn't new. This has literally been the trend of what we've been doing for 35 years. And 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 I guess my – I don't want to say that the solution is to do nothing, but it just feels somewhat disingenuous to me to focus so strongly on the tech industry when there are so many other industries that are doing this exact same thing and have been, and that this has been the legislative direction that our that the, the that Congress has taken, frankly, as I said, for the last well, 35 years. Well, I would, and I agree with you, Congress can walk and chew gum at the same time, and we do need wider action. I think here in the United States, we essentially have a duopoly when it comes to telecom carriers, right? Uh, For internet access, also a duopoly. Um, That is very bad for consumers. This is why Americans pay more for cellular phone access and get less than most countries in the world. That said, um, uh, you know, Christina, in the 90s when Joseph Lieberman was targeting the video game industry, Nintendo and Microsoft were very angry at Sega for putting out these games that just constantly pushed it and was just daring the government to get involved in it. And I would argue that when Amazon is doing things like refusing to sell their competitors Apple TV in their store, they're begging to get regulated. When Google is fined $2.7 billion by the EU for hiding their competitor's search results, and the Wall Street Journal like uncovers those letters. They are begging to be <laughs> regulated. And when Facebook does the kind of stuff that they've done, they are begging Congress to look at it. So, you know, I, I don't think this is, it's not populist. It's that these are very, very powerful companies. It's having real impact on our, our democracy. Um, that aside, I want to I wanna come to a, a certain point of this discussion where I, I would almost bet we completely agree. Uh, my for my op-ed this week in the Boston Globe, I it's hard for me to critique a hometown senator of my own party, but I did it with Elizabeth Warren's comments to uh, to The Verge about Apple. I beyond strongly disagree with her that we need to separate the App Store from Apple uh, hardware services because yeah. to me that is prioritizing uh, basically competition. Over, over cybersecurity security. and totally. privacy. And I have to tell you, like, this is true for a lot of things. National security comes first. 
national security comes first. And, you know, when I am getting warnings from my own party to not use certain versions of Android because they're vulnerable, it encourages people to go to Apple. And where what I do support is the government taking a really hard look at the App Store. And when they choose to do things like say, you know what, uh, we're not going to play Amazon Prime Video and Apple TV until you know, last year, December of uh, 2017. Uh, I think that is something... We're not going to allow Spotify to have an Apple Watch app. Right. That is a moment I think does deserve very strong scrutiny. But when you're asking every single iOS user in America to accept the possibility of spyware, malware, ransomware, all these really, really like destructive things into their ecosystem, you're really destroying Apple and the trust in that consumer. So that is yeah. something I would not support in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, and and, and I agree with that. And, and I have, and by the I way, prob- not just Apple, to be clear. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, because honestly, I mean, I think that that's, that's one of her weaker arguments, you know, with, with, with Google too, is, is that you know, you're, we're talking about businesses that even if they were to split into two different companies, you know, we, look, we all know the way this business would work is that X percent of it would still be owned by these other companies. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, they'd be, you know, I don't know. Um, it, it seems like it's antithetical to the idea of, of security to say, oh, well, you can't, you know, have your own things in the store or this or that. And it's like, okay, but, you know, we we take these things seriously, or these are tightly integrated and tightly coupled with the operating system, which was a similar argument, you know, that Microsoft made um, about you know having to decouple Internet Explorer from Windows and saying, well, wait a minute, no, but this is this is a fundamental part of what we're doing, and and this, you know, you can say we can't prioritize one browser over another, and we can't force, um, and ultimately this is what the EU did, and basically said you you can't force um, PC manufacturers to um, promote your browser over Netscape, but you can't force people to not have, you know, uh, you can't force Microsoft not to have your web browser, you know, on the on the operating system if it's part of it. Um, it's it's interesting, right? Because uh, the, the Apple part that she did not mention Apple uh, in her um, other than in her interview with with, with Neilai and. I wonder if that was a calculated political move. I I, I know this might be hard for you to kind of critique again because she's your your home state senator, but it felt to me it felt slightly disingenuous insofar as it's like okay, it's popular and it will get a lot of attention and support if I mention Google and Facebook and Amazon, but I don't want to mention the richest company in the world because people like them. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not going to ascribe motive. Uh, I don't know Elizabeth Warren well enough sure. to do that. So, um, I I will say, I I will say this. One of the issues I have with Ben Thompson's piece is I thought it was very smug. Um, I thought he was very arrogant in assuming Elizabeth Warren didn't understand the argument that she's making. And I do. Yeah, I would know, agree with that. I know Elizabeth Warren. She's very very that's smart. Around her, she's. Really smart. Well, and, um, and, and she's yeah. an economist. I mean, I, I will say that. Like, this is one of the things where, look, she might not know tech. You might be able to make that argument, but she actually knows, you know, economic policy better than than anybody else 
who's probably ever run for office. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I think she is prioritizing competition over cybersecurity and privacy. I don't think that's an indefensible view. It's just not one I can ever support. As far as vertical integration for Apple, um, you know, I I am personally unsold that it could harm consumers for Apple to be selling video services, for Apple to be selling music, sure. for Apple to be selling, you know, all these different things up the chain. What I am sold on, and maybe you disagree with me here. I think that just like at the beginning of this topic, you said Microsoft has thought through their actions a little more carefully since their lawsuit because they've stayed far away from anything that could feel like antitrust. I think it would be good for Apple to have that same pressure. So Spotify is a great yes. example. How about Siri integration with these other with these other APIs? Yeah. See, that I actually agree with. And, and again, I wonder... I was going to bring this up. I wonder if there might be, I mean, I, I look at what some of the EU policies that are already in place are, and I wonder if those laws are maybe more of the direction that that things should go in rather than, you know, these proposals to split up these companies, which in my opinion isn't going to happen anyway, e- even if you totally agree with what's happening. I, I, I don't know how that actually will, will get passed. Um, but... Um, that doesn't mean that there couldn't be laws and, and fines for companies acting in in anti-competitive ways. Case in point, you mentioned the Spotify instance. So as we record this um, uh, on uh, on Wednesday, Spotify launched a campaign against uh, Apple, basically um, uh, uh, going after the appealing to the European Union, basically saying that that Apple has been acting uncompetitively um, in um, their thirty uh, percent, uh, um, uh, you know, subscription um, uh, surcharge that they charge for for people to be in the app store. But beyond that, you know, in addition to taking like the the thirty percent, not allowing companies like Spotify to even have a mention in their app about how how people can subscribe outside of the app store, um, has denied you know uh, uh, you know Spotify's attempts to create you know Apple Watch apps to use Siri to use other things. Um, it's a pretty compelling case. Uh, I have to say, obviously, it's very biased, and and there's there's um, I'm sure you know people could make very good arguments um, against all the the points that Spotify is making, but it's fairly compelling. And since Spotify is, I mean, they're they they are on the stock market, but they are uh, also you know we're a, a Swedish company. Um, they I I have a feel it'll be interesting to see what the EU has to say to this, because again to go back to the Microsoft example, the way things kind of got and and even Google. Um, it's been a lot of the EU cases that have changed things and that have altered some of the things to to be more competitive and 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 less antitrusty rather than anything the U.S. has done. So it'll be interesting. I I wonder if maybe that is a better model to kind of take. Yeah. Um. But but I also I wanted to get your take on what you think of of, of Spotify's kind of campaign because I'm I'm personally like. When you look at the way that their website has been kind of laid out and kind of goes through all their arguments, it's a fairly compelling case to say, even before Apple Music was introduced, you know, um, there were there were certain things that were being done that, and we've talked about this before, like 
I'm fine if Apple wants to say we are going to charge this amount of money on a subscription service. I personally think the amount is too high, especially uh, when you're in a, in a low margin business. But I'm fine if they want to say that. What I'm not great with is them saying, oh, but if you have a hyperlink to your website in your app, then we won't accept your app in the app store. Yeah. They got to have, I, 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 I have, I have yeah. massive, massive issues with that. I mean, and they, they, they've been doing that since 2011. Um, I also have issues with, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and I think it also, you know, you bring up Siri. I mean, I think that, that that's an interesting point too. It's like, okay, so you have these APIs that are available for all these other services, but not this one. Um, you know, it, 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 it that, that raises questions to me. So I, I wanted your take on on Spotify's, I guess, appeal to the EU. So, I mean, maybe I'm looking at this from a different point of view, Christian, but to me, politics is the art of the possible. That's fundamentally what you're doing. So when people come forward and they say, you know, well, Elizabeth Warren's plan says X or Y, um, maybe this is my bias, but that doesn't even register with me because I start thinking about the process. Elizabeth Warren can't introduce a bill in the House of Representatives, right? Like she's got to get someone else to write it up. And we would look at that, see what parts we agree with, what we don't agree with, and take it from there. So she's literally starting a conversation. <laughs> so it's the conversation I agree with. In that same way, let's let's not kid ourselves. Spotify is not sitting around as a huge proponent of the free market. They're not, you know, uh, you know, they're they're a business, and they see a political opening, and they're trying to push for something that will expand their market share. Um, I can't critique them for that. Um, I think they've laid out a compelling case. I think their timing is good. I'm personally sympathetic to their argument. So I think the best case scenario here is everyone looks at the environment where there's absolutely a willingness to regulate big tech. And I think the place to start is with Congress expanding the Justice Department's power to go after these companies on antitrust. Um, I think that's where we start. Um, I'm certainly not going to compromise cybersecurity for uh, privacy, and we take it from there. One more thing I want to talk about. I've not seen anyone mention this, and I think it's really, really worth talking about. Um, If the goal here is to grow competition in the tech industry, I think it's worth thinking about the business model in which companies are grown which is, uh, you know, a company comes along, they make an MVP, they go through something like Y Combinator and venture capitalists and venture capital funds invest in them with the expectation that eventually X percent of them are going to be bought out by Google, Microsoft, you know, Apple, Amazon, or the rest. And I've not heard anyone say this, so I'm going to. It concerns me that in this, like move to foster growth, which I support, no one is thinking about how venture capitalists would cash out going forward for investing in a company. uh, What this means is basically every company would have to become self-sustaining if they they reach that level of promise. Um, That's not something I have an answer to this second. I'm just saying it's worth thinking about. Um, because that that fundamentally changes how tech operates. So, yeah, this is why it's really important we have people in Congress that understand these issues and work on these industries if they're going to regulate them. So, I could not agree more. Hoo, 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 hoo. Hey guys, 
Hey, literally perfect timing. How'd that go? It's good. Very well. Very well. Yeah. Well, you know why I'm here, actually. I I just I just popped in. I thought I I thought I'd let you guys know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. (laughs) (laughs) Because copy and paste isn't a good way to keep track of things that you type again and again and again. It's very bad, actually. But Text Expander makes you more productive by taking care of all those words and phrases for you. How does it do this? You store those frequently used phrases into snippets, and they'll expand with a short abbreviation as you type. So there's no, you don't stop typing. You just keep doing the email or whatever it might be. Text Expander works in all apps, so you can use it everywhere. Apple's Pages, Microsoft Word and Excel, Adobe Illustrator and InDesign, and more. And the shiny new Text Expander 6.5 is out now. It has a new visual editor for snippets, which gives you visual access to fill-ins, dates, and date math, Ah! nested snippets, and more. Automation is even easier with JavaScript syntax highlighting. And Windows users get offline editing support plus improved expansion. And don't you forget to search their blog for industry tips and snippet tricks. How does that sound to y'all? I, As I say, every time we do this ad read, like I've been a text expander user for close to a decade at this point. That's nuts. And I use it every single day for so many things. And it's funny because I originally started using it when I was a writer to either insert certain things or certain codes. And I, and I still do it for that. But now I, I have it for other um, things too. Like when I give my talks um, in various cities and I'm, you know, typing in a bunch of commands on the command line rather than having to remember them all. Like I just have a text expander snippet or when I need like my, my dummy SSH key, um, you know, uh, I just have like a couple of, I can just type in a couple of characters rather than having to either have a, 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 a password that would be bad or have, you know, something else someplace where I'd have to be like, okay, hold on a second. Let me go and find and copy and paste this yeah, into this terminal. strings. <laughs> yes. Well, with the brand new release, now is a great time to try Text Expander if you would like to live Christina's frictionless life. Uh, you can go to textexpander.com slash podcast right now for 20% off of your first year. That is, again, textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. Thank you so much, Text Expander, for your support of this show and all of Relay FM. So can I give my, uh, for topic two, can I yeah. give my review of the Samsung Galaxy S10e? Oh, please yes. do. Samsung's new tiny phone that I'm so excited exists. And by tiny, I mean kind of normal size. Yeah, it's like a normal <laughs> size phone. It's, it's like the, it's, it's the 10R of galaxies. Um, so, we have yes. Stockholm Syndrome when it comes to phones. It's like, oh, they're making a phone that's slightly smaller than the previous ones. It's so tiny. <laughs> uh, this is my review. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Let's nice. talk about Thank the you. college scam admissions. Scam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Time yeah, for no, scam town. It, it is scam. Yeah, it, it is time for scam town. Yeah, you know, in in in, in reality, yeah, no. Um, the the Galaxy S ten E seems like a good phone. Everybody, like, yeah, it's good. It's but, fine. No, scam town. It's fine. <laughs> scam it's town. fine. I'm just saying, scam it's fine. Town. But you know what? You know what's not fine? Aunt Becky <laughs> went to jail. I mean, she's out. She's out. But like. 
Aunt Becky was arrested on a million dollars bond. <laughs> oh my God. If you had told me like, I don't know, an hour before it happened that that that, that Hallmark Channel's Lori Laughlin was was going to be it was A married to the guy who founded Mossimo, which I'm not sure how I didn't know that because it's been a thing for like that twenty years. Have been front page news whenever that happened. I, I right. It, apparently it, it, long enough ago that they have a a, a, a child of college two, going age. <laughs> two. Two children of college going age. Like anyway, two of them. if you've been, say, under a rock the, this past week, uh, you you may have you missed, missed the best story ever. The best story, the most 2019 story. You probably were asking yourself under the rock, what in the world in 2019 could happen that would surprise me at this point or would be even more of a scam than everything else that's happened in 2019. Come on. And then Lori Laughlin and uh, the woman, Felicity, Felicity Huffman. Huffman from Desperate Housewives. From Sports Night, you mean. From the Sports best show Night, ever. exactly. Best yes. show ever. My best show no ever. show matters. Uh, uh, yep. Yes, uh, Aaron Sorkin's first show, Sports Night. Felicity Huffman were from Sports Night. for <laughs> scamming to get their their children into college in such a way as to protect the children apparently from knowing that they could not they were not qualified to get into college i mean in some cases it w- in, some cases. in some cases uh and we're not really two sure of several celebrities who i think something like 50 celebrities and otherwise wealthy people who were arrested for doing things such as making large donations to colleges so that their kids could get in or hiring proctors to correct sat uh, tests or uh, in well, some yeah, cases yeah, well, to take okay. sat tests yeah. Okay. Real quick correction. It's not donations to colleges because that's actually a complete legit way to, to to scam your kid into school. That's totally legal. What this was was a fake. Um, uh, this is where it becomes tax fraud. A a fake uh, charity that this um, guy who was running uh, a like a, a college counseling service would basically say, okay, you're going to give my charity fifty thousand dollars and. Then you're going to write that off your taxes, but really that's going to be money that you're paying me to get someone else to take the exam for your kid or to pay off the proctor to, you know, correct the the answers or, you know, to help pay off a coach to um, let your kid onto a sports team for a sport they don't play so that they can get admitted to mm-hmm. college. He calls it the side door to getting into college. Not the front door, not the back door, but the side door where you can just kind of slide in. That's also the name of my 90s slash featuring Aunt Becky in prison. (laughs) Um, My favorite tweet on all this was somebody saying, and this was a legit episode that I'd forgotten about. I was like, oh man, the the episode of Full House where uh, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky uh, lied to get the twins into uh, Nikki and Alex into a uh, a, a prestigious uh, preschool didn't age well. And you guys, that was a real episode of Full House. That was a real episode of Full House. So, I mean, I know we're laughing about this. Before we get back to the the hilarity of it, I do want to just note, they did some stuff that is truly morally stomach-churning. I mean, yeah. faking a disability to go cheat on the SATs. You know, oh, Kelly totally. Ripa is not someone I associate with exactly a fiery brand of progressivism, even though she does like openly hate The Bachelor and will say so <laughs> when I she's forced to interview Ripa, yes. Bachelor people. She's like, look, I'm just doing this because I'm contractually obligated to. <laughs> but she has a child with uh, with disabilities and she was effing 
pissed about this. I mean, mega pissed about this, and rightfully so. Totally. And the reason I think this story has gotten so much play is, you know, it's not enough that the mega wealthy get every advantage they can with like private schools and tutoring and you know, being able to tour every college and this and that, that they've got to literally cheat their way into these schools mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. And I think that's a very fair thing for people to be angry about. I think one of the things that annoys me when it comes to Lori Laughlin's case specifically is her her daughter doesn't even want to go to college. Like it, it's fully the parents saying you have to go to college and you yep. have to go to this school. And the daughter to, being to like, I college. have a successful influencer career. I don't give a crap about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my favorite part. I didn't I didn't know who Olivia Jade was before this, but apparently, really? like she's wow. I didn't. I know. Oh. I, I, I'm usually really up on the teens. I was not up on this <laughs> one. But she's like a legit influencer. She has like 2 million subscribers on YouTube and like over like a million and a half subscribers on Insta and is like a legit influencer in her own right, like is getting tons of SpawnCon deals and really like uh, got in trouble because she made videos last year being like, as you guys know, I don't really care about school, but, and I don't know how much I'm really going to be able to be in class because I have all these shoots, but I want to be there for like game days and, and this and that. Um, and then she apologized and was like, oh no, but I really like it. Fun story. When she, when, when mom was arrested, she was on, um, a yacht with, uh, the, uh, uh, I guess the, the, the chancellor or like the, you know, the head of the, uh, you know, the, the, the board or whatever, of USC's daughter yep. on spring break. Um, and then, you know, she found out what happened and, and made the decision to leave the yacht and go home. Cause you know, she left um, the yacht. She left the yacht, but like mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she it, she seems to have integrated uh, well into into USC as uh, uh, you know, super uh, rich and powerful kid uh, connection, just fine. But yep. you know, she, but but as you said, by her own admission, she didn't want to go to school. And look, like her dad is Mossimo and her mom's Aunt Becky, and so they're not like super rich, but like she's got a she's got a a, a legit influencer career, and like she does. If she doesn't want to go to school, she just need to go to school. Like, certainly does, mom doesn't need to spend $500,000 so that she can go to a school that she doesn't even like. Yeah, I fully blame all of all of my ire is reserved for the parents in this case. Oh, same, completely. Same, 100%. Same. And people are talking about kicking him out of school, and I think that's ridiculous. You know, I agree. They're in, blame me on admissions, blame me on the system for their policy sucking to let this kind of stuff happen. Without but a don't, doubt. Don't I mean, let them drop out, out the if kids. they want to. My God, yeah. they should make a decision for once in their lives. But yeah, it's it's the system that is rotten. And it Completely. is the parents who are willing to commit fraud <laughs> so that what they're ch- for, for looks, basically. Yeah. Oh, for status. And and look, for like status. I grew up, I grew up obviously not wealthy like these people are wealthy. Um, but I do know the pressures of growing up in like an upper middle class, you know, affluent, you know, uh, read white uh, community where where you go to school is an incredibly important social status thing. And and getting going to state school versus a, a you know, uh, the state school, if you're going to go to state school or, you know, private college is is judged and and having SAT scores is a big thing. And, you know, the way that, that we scammed the system was, you know, less Okay, didn't involve fraud, but but is definitely still grease in the wheel. Would be to you know take 
expensive Princeton review, um, you know, study courses where they basically teach you the cadence of everything you can expect on the SAT. And then after you take your pretest or whatever, they look at your scores and they're like, oh, so you didn't do well in this section. So let's focus on these things, you know, to basically teach you the test, um, which, you know, it's perfectly legal, but is also, in my opinion, underscores how much of a scam higher education in the United States is, period. Um, the one thing that's interesting to me about this is that it is like everybody's kind of like, like, like going like, oh, hell yeah, the wealthy, the rich, the elitists are getting theirs. But like, they're not because the people that are at the center of the scam, to be clear, are, are richer than, than probably most of the people who listen to this podcast will ever be and certainly richer than I will ever be. But they're <laughs> not the, but they're not the real rich people. They're not the wealthy people because the real wealthy people will just like either, um, have the confidence that they have enough social status to make a call and that that will be enough to do it um, or will, you know, donate a building or um, create a scholarship or do something else. And this then that's is a, a perfectly new legal scam. way. Yeah, it, completely. This is the new money thing. This is like the like, okay, you know, we have Hallmark money and we have like residual full house money, but we don't have, <laughs> residual you know, like full house money. We, yeah, yeah, we, sweet residual full yeah, house Yeah, we have money. that sweet residual money, but, 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 but we don't have like Vanderbilt money, you know, which I mean, is a university. So, uh, <laughs> and a family, see, those things are important to know. So like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what's interesting here is that I'm all about the schadenfreude, although I'm in full agreement with you guys. I don't blame the kids. Even if the kids knew about it, I don't care. Like, that's not on them. Like, their parents are the one who did this. Their parents are the ones who are on the hook for this. Like, if the school let you in, like, now it's up to you to either graduate on your own merits or if you want to drop out, drop out. But, like, nobody should be kicked out because of this. Like, you let them in and that's on you. Like, don't, don't punish the kids. <laughs> so I want to dive a little deeper in what you were talking about, Christina, which is the the pressure from parents. And I realized you didn't grow up in Mississippi like I did. You were next door in a, um, a little bit better place, but probably you still <laughs> face some of these forces. What I saw in Mississippi was, how can I put this? Because the culture was so poor, the worst thing you could possibly be in Mississippi was poor. And there was a real need to look down on other people, right? So the colleges that you got into, whether they were private or if you got scholarships or you got X on the SAT, ACT, this was... It was about status because it was really ultimately about showing you weren't like those other people in the poorest state in America. And I just want to take a moment and reflect on how deeply messed up that is with higher education. Like there's one of the things that's really stunned me as I've started uh, you know, running for office and talk to people that are not like me all day long is realizing just how much of the human heart needs to look down on other people or define, or for you to have an advantage that someone else doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's just totally. part of the human experience. And it's, it's probably not realistic to think that we can change human nature on that. But I just want to take a moment and reflect how perverted that is when we're talking about higher education. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I would, I would go, I mean, a, I, I'm 1000% agreeing with you. I mean, we grew up in different environments and in, and in different places, even though they're, they're next door neighbors and there are parts of Georgia where I think that's probably true. Um, I grew up in a community where 
you know, being poor was bad, but really the bigger thing was like not being number one was, was the, 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 it was the Ricky Bobby thing. Like, like if you're not first, you're last. That was the real environment that I grew up in. And, and, um, uh, Simone, you came across an article that Hannah Rosen wrote for the Atlantic three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. 2015. Uh, yeah, 2015, um, about a slate of, um, suicides, um, that had happened in Palo Alto. Uh, so we're talking like a legitimately like very wealthy area, very wealthy enclave. And, and, and largely they were happening, you know, because of most, a lot of the, the community pressures, um, around those kids to succeed. And I think that what this story, as much as the shot in Florida is fun, kind of underscores about this is that, a that exists, and that exists oftentimes in um, uh, wealthier parts of the country on a level that's even beyond. Uh, not to say that that it that you know, poor poor little rich kids. That's not what I'm saying. Um, you know, but but it's different in those communities than others. Um, and what that does, by extension, I think to to go to kind of Bree's point. As, so, so there's this this massive, massive, massive pressure to succeed, to get into the best school, to have the best life, to do the best things. That the only way that you're going to be a successful person, the only way that you are going to be set for life, the only way that you are going to be acceptable, the only way that it's going to be okay, that you will not be an embarrassment, that you will be on the same level as everyone else. Because for me, where I was growing up, it wasn't so much that you can't be poor, it's that you need to be as good as everyone else, um, is if you have these things changed checked off, which, um, you know, uh, and, and look, for me, this was 20 years ago, and, and it's only become more expensive and more exclusive now, was, you know, going to the right school and, and having the right types of, mm-hmm. you know, pedigree and whatnot. And as um, you mentioned, from your, in your high school, the curve was very high. Completely, Because everyone yes. was doing very well. Yes, right, which which kind of goes to my, my broader point. Yes, the, the curve was very high. I think, like, the average, high, like, the average SAT score at my high school was, like, either the high 1100s or low 1200s. Now, that is extraordinarily high, like, extraordinarily high. Um, and, and this was when it was still out of 1600 before it went to 2100 before it went back to 1600. And so, um, and, you know, that was the, the average. And it was one of those things where if you got below, with my group of friends, if you got below, like, a 1350, everybody was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, and, and, and 20 years ago, that was an even better score than, than it is, you know, now. Um, and so it set the bar where it's like, you didn't even have an option not to, you know what I mean? Like if you didn't have the money or the funds to compete and to do anything you could, even if it was fully legal to take an advantage, then how could you compete? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think to, to Bree's point, um, and, and kind of some of the broader points that, that I've seen with this, what makes me, I guess, angry about this, A, I'm angry for the kids that, that this message and this perception is continuing to be perpetuated that where you go to school and that all these things matter because now that I can say with like age and experience, if I could go back and talk to 16 year old me, I'd be like, none of this stuff matters. Yeah. It literally doesn't like, look, make no mistake. If you, for certain careers, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a lawyer, if you're going to be like, you know, a structural engineer or, 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 or a chemist or a physicist or whatever, having, you know, a college degree, um, from a good place, um, it, it matters. Right. Um, but in a lot of cases, it doesn't. And where you go to school, ultimately, for many, many, many people, what you study in school does not define your life and will not define your life. And 
I think a lot of people go to college thinking, oh, well, if I have this degree, that's going to be my entryway into the good life. And that's just not true. If you go to a certain school and if you have certain connections, can that get you in the door for that first job? Sure, that can help you. And and, and I don't want to discount that at all. But I said this in a thread on Twitter. I think that the the sad reality is, and 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 this isn't like obviously true of, of these wealthy people who, again, that what makes this so egregious is that they already had this stuff up. They didn't need to do this. They were already going to get the benefits without having to go to these elite schools. Mm-hmm. Is that just because you go to college, even if it's a good school, is not a guarantee that you're going to get those networking opportunities to get that good job. And in fact, oftentimes what happens is, you know, you you leave with a whole lot of debt and you wind up doing a career different than what you studied. And so the value, in my opinion, of, of higher education, at least as it exists in the United States, is completely overinflated. We com- it, it's a complete scam in a lot of ways. And more to the point, when you look at people who don't come from um, advantageous backgrounds, who aren't upper middle class, who don't have the ability to pay for the, the testing programs, let alone have the parents you know, pay other people to take the tests for them, like, what does that say about how our society is working when we literally stack the deck so high that mm-hmm. nobody can can have the opportunity unless they're already that high, you know, up on the, the totem pole? And and when we what we do though is we still sell this as like this is this ideal that you need to have these things and go to these schools and have these credentials to be successful. When you know what's funny? When I look at Facebook and I look at the kids that I went to high school with. I'm doing better than most of them, and I was a college f up because of a lot of you know things that happened with my mental health and other other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't. I was, go- I was also that same way. <laughs> like I was a very mediocre. And I went student. to a state school. Well, this right? is, I did too, Simone. And I'm curious. I, you're closer to this than we are. Like, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, I I completely agree to your point, Christina, about college being. A scam, not in the sense that like higher education is garbage, no one should pursue it, but in the sense that we put so much value on the class aspect of it. Yes. Um, and I, I don't deny that networking is probably one of the most valuable things you could get out of a school like that. But I also got some hefty networking out of the state school that I went to, the satellite yes. campus of the state school that I went to, because I didn't get into any of the schools that I first applied to. And it literally ended up being the best thing I could have done for my for my entire life. And I it I feel like the pressure that we put on on young people to have it all figured out and yep. to to like shoot for these like you know 35% acceptance rate schools it, it's just ridiculous when again within the, you can have a great experience at school school is wonderful but within the job market there is no guarantee that that will translate unless no. you're like sucking up to the the son of the owner of i don't know just going to say tesla even though i know that totally. that's not happening right now um but it it is literally what you make of it, and you can make anything out of any higher any higher education that you get. It it just matter it just matters the opportunities um, that you can hopefully track down and hustle for. And that's just the sad truth is that you're either going to have connections from nepotism or you're going to hustle, and then everyone is kind of in the same boat there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that it's like, look. 
it really helps to get that first in and to get that first job and to have those networking connections. But the reality is, is that if you aren't going to the highest of highest echelon schools, and then once you're there, you're able to connect with the highest of highest people, you're not going to have that anyway. Like, I hate to say that, but that's kind of how that's kind of the reality of the situation. It's like, otherwise you're going to have to find another way to scam mm-hmm. yourself in. Yeah. It just, it just makes me upset that we, we put so much importance on college when it really should be about like, okay, what do you actually want your life to look like? And right. do you need college for that? Do you need the like master's degree on top of the bachelor degree that will cost $50,000? Mm, really think about that. And but, yeah. but I mean, I'm not putting that pressure on kids. Obviously, it's a lot of outside factors saying, oh, yeah, you should you have to do that. You have to do that. Oh, when yeah. You know, everybody's no one has no, to. But you, no, I mean, I got into this whole thing with people last week because there's this jackass um, uh, guy at the New York Times who runs the internship program who decided to take upon himself and do a series of very bad tweets where he said, oh, I'm just going to list, you know, these are these are the schools where I see the best interns. These <laughs> are the best J schools. And everybody, of course, dunked on him, you know, knowingly because he listed all these kind of elite, you know, highbrow institutions. And honestly, I also took issue with it because one of the top tier schools that he listed is like the school that anecdotally I had the worst interns from. Like, because we had a lot of Columbia kids and look, some of them were lovely. A lot of them couldn't write for anything and were Whoops. entitled and were bad. Um and and what I've kind of learned, at least in journalism, uh, having dealt with many, many interns over the years, was that where they go to school has no bearing on whether or not they can write and what their work ethic is. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. And so, so uh, I hate to be rude, but I'm yeah, running. We gotta go. I'm running late <laughs> for a media thing, so I gotta get going. Of course. So, Bye, Bree. We'll wrap no, it no, up. no. Let's oh. finish up really quickly. All right. So. Hey. Well, let me tell you guys then that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture is the company that can take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to display in your home. And they make the perfect thoughtful gift. Fractures are handmade in Gainesville, Florida from U.S. source materials, and their sleek, frameless design goes with any decor. Ordering them is super simple, and Fractures come ready to display right out of the box. They even include a wall hanger. That's how fuss-free the experience is. No no trips to the hardware store, no running down to Michael's or whatnot. I don't know. It's all there. Fracture is a green company operating a carbon-neutral factory, which they lovingly refer to as their Fractory. It's super easy to place orders. We personally have, have placed orders. We got Brie a lovely campaign 2020 fracture for her wall. Yeah. And it was a very fun experience, even though it took us forever to debate over the color combination. It <laughs> but was. that's because we're indecisive. Fracture prints are a great addition to any home, and they really do make amazing gifts for family and friends. So it is time, my friends, to rescue those photos, those thousands and thousands, maybe tens of thousands, of photos that you have hidden away on your devices. They keep making the storage bigger, y'all, and it just means we have more photos. (laughs) Uh, But take them. Take those good photos and head to FractureMe.com slash Rocket to get started and see how sleek those fractures look. And you can also, hey, get 15% off your first order. That is, again, FractureMe.com slash Rocket. Open it up in your browser now and get 15% off. Thank you so much, Fracture, for your support of Relay and Rockets. I said those out of order, but it's It's fine. It's okay. We'll live. Christina, what are you up to this week? 
So um, I uh, I am about to uh, head off to Amsterdam. Uh, that's my bad guster uh, uh, wow. in, uh, singing. Um, yeah, so I'm going to Amsterdam on Sunday. And uh, so that's where I will be next week when we record the show at some time, some weird time zone for me. Um, and then literally like right after that, I'm going to Dubai. Uh, so that's going to be fun too. Um, but yeah, um, I uh, spent um, earlier part of this week um, shooting some videos um, around uh, Seattle uh, for Microsoft Build 2019, our, our <gasps> developer conference that is going to be in May. So we went to a bunch of different uh, like lunch and uh, uh, drink spots around the city, which was really fun. That I'm so excited for your second year of build, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. I I, still, I can't believe it's like going to be like year two of build, but yeah. Um, there was a, a a brewery we went to yesterday, Cloud Brewery, and it is awesome. And they have this sign that basically says, "Even if our door is locked, we might still be here." So knock. Wow. It might take us a second because <laughs> we're like busy, you know, making stuff or um, blasting Taylor Swift. That's great. So that's very much your brand. Completely. Uh, I, I, have, have you been to Dubai before? I know. I, I haven't. Remember. Okay, cool. That's going to be – my brother went to Dubai for uh, college. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum. laughs> and now he's in jail. Um, <laughs> this week – wow, I'm, I'm preparing. I have a big project next week. I'm actually going to be in L.A. next week, um, and I won't be able to talk about it. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but I will be, and it's going to be very fun. But uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to spend the rest of the week working on that and not breaking my hands on more Assassin's Creed. What am I up to this week? Uh, We are going to be going out to San Francisco for GDC. Rocket has press access there. And we're going to be holding a very small private event if people want to come along to that they can do it by going to briannaparty.com. I also have a op-ed that's coming out in the Boston Globe on these antitrust issues we discussed and looking forward to that. Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girls on the Twitters and the Instagrams and whatnot. Um, you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And um, as always, um, I'm going to, I've been Fairly good at it uh, the last couple of trips, but I'm definitely going to be doing it a lot both in Amsterdam and Dubai. Check out my Instagram because I'm going to be doing like the stories stuff up. So because nice. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. So I need to I need to like let everyone live vicariously through me because look, I'm I'm very well aware of my privilege and being able to, to travel to all these cool places. And I'm also very aware that this will probably never happen again in my life. So <laughs> I want to like, I want to like capture the, capture the memories. So follow me on, on the Instas. To, I, outside of the conferences and stuff? <sighs> Usually not. But the, the good thing about having to do them back to back in this way is that because I'm not coming home, I will be staying oh, yeah. in Amsterdam for a couple of days and then going from Amsterdam to Dubai because that makes more sense, that right? Makes, like it'd be yeah, dumb. It would be sense. dumb to like fly home and then fly back out again. Um, so I will have a little more time to do that. And then I'm going to try, you know, because again, like I will probably never be in Dubai again. Um, uh, you know, or, I mean, I, I maybe I will. I'm not really sure, but I can't like guarantee it. Um, I'm going to try to uh, at least do do one of the some one of the ridiculous you know like excursions that you can do oh. in uh, in Dubai you know where they have like uh you know like the the the, the dune buggies that like yes. you take through oh like my you know God. what I mean like <laughs> I, I want to go to one of the stupid water parks or whatever you know the, you know like the indoor whatever. really live it up yeah I mean honestly because 
when as I said, like when, when else my had this life. opportunity to 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 do that sort of thing. So uh um usually, you know, it, it varies. I don't always get a chance to see the cities. Um I'm very, very fortunate that this time, because of the timing, I think that I'll be able to uh to spend a little more time out there. But obviously work is the primary thing. And yeah. and just uh putting it out there because I have been able to meet up with a couple of listeners at past cities if you are going to be at Microsoft Ignite the tour mm-hmm. in uh Amsterdam or Dubai, uh be sure to reach out to me on Twitter because I'd love to say hello. And obviously Rocket Rules apply in Dubai. Obviously, that means it will be non-alcoholic. <laughs> But uh, Rocket Rules still apply, and I'll be happy to, to, to get you a, a, a juice or a soda or something. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and also on Instagram at Doom Quasar. <laughs> and my videos are at youtube.com slash polygon. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider reviewing it on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Uh, all, and then tell them to review it. Or I will. Whatever. This episode of Rocket is terminated terminated and Bree says terminated wherever she is <laughs>